Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Praise the Lord, everyone. This is the day that the Lord has made. I shall rejoice and be glad in it. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Blessed be his holy name. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and they are safe. Oh, Abba Father, I thank you that the joy of the Lord is our strength this morning. We thank you, Father, that you are our place of safety. So we just come before you this morning with praise and adoration, thanking you for being God. Father, you really do choose the weak and the foolish, and you love us. And you receive us unconditionally. So we are very grateful this morning. This is Overflowing Life prayer line. I am uh, Minister Sherelle Perkins. I am glad to be here this morning. For some of you, um, I've been in a quiet place, so I know people have been reaching out to me because of my circumstance. I want to know that I'm receiving your text. Um, I haven't responded to some. Um, just want you to know that I'm doing fine. I love you and I appreciate your love and concern. God's been saying some interesting things to me. Um, You know, Scripture, um, some of the sayings that Jesus said, we would say, wow, that's pretty harsh, Jesus. You know, um, there are Scriptures that I read and I said, things like, who is my mother and who is my father? Jesus said, um, Let the dead bury the dead. Things that we would think is so harsh. But when we read scripture, we have to realize that Jesus was not compromised. He was not confused. There were, he understood the totality of life. He understood what it is and what its significance is, and what it is that God is doing. You know, Jesus loved Lazarus, but the reason Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead is because God told him to. I think that's something that when we're moving in the gifts of the Spirit, we have to remember that we have to be led by Holy Spirit. 
Jesus had already had a conversation with his father regarding Lazarus. So when he called Lazarus to come forth, he already knew that this was part of God's strategy, God's heart. He said, I only do what I see my father do. Part of the issue with our relatedness in Christianity to what God is speaking is in the scripture is has to do with our heart. We can walk as Christians and never lose sight of the fact that this call is not about us. It's not about You're getting every need in your life met. Your happiness and needs being met is a byproduct of seeking first the kingdom of God. We often seek the kingdom of God with anticipation of God doing what we want him to do. None of that was in Jesus. Jesus didn't have years of false burdens and false responsibility. Jesus wasn't trying to fix people, make people be okay with them. He wasn't trying to get his needs met from other people. So when he was betrayed, he didn't get angry. Peter did. Peter was still compromised. Jesus simply said, oh, Peter, why did you do that? He reached down, picked up the the soldier's ear that Peter had cut off and just put it back on and said, come on, let's go. We got to, this is part of God's plan. So the miracle that Jesus did wasn't the big deal of putting the ear back on the soldier. The the miracle was a byproduct as Jesus proceeded to do the will of his father, and that was to die. Peter couldn't see it because he was still ready to go to war. He was waiting on Jesus to mount a steed and charge and cut up the Roman soldiers and all those other things, bring them deliverance in the natural. Jesus knew that when everything was said and done, his death would open up the time of the Gentiles. The sons of Japheth would begin to rule the earth. And they would be given an opportunity to know Christ. When you study scripture, you will see that the sons of Ham and the sons of Shem had all had their time to represent Christ in the earth. Christ knew that the aisles of the Gentiles would be open 
for salvation. He knew that during the rule of Japheth, it would be the last rule. That's one of the ways we know that we live in the last of the last days. There's a lot of stuff going on the Internet, and I'm not getting into any of that. As far as we're concerned, we're Gentiles until you get saved and Jesus becomes your Lord and Savior, whether you're that by birth or you're that by your choice. But we do know that all over the world it doesn't make sense. You have a world full of color, yet Japheth rules, and he is the major influence. And you will find that evidence throughout the New Testament. I don't know how I got on that one. But we come to bear in this hour the realization, that's it, that Jesus' primary objective was to see kingdom agenda advanced in the earth. He wasn't tripping over being arrested, nor was he tripping over the fact that he knew that he would have to be crucified in order to save humanity. Some of us are still, we've been saved a while. But we're still like Peter was. We have in our mind how God is going to move and what he's going to do and how he ought to do. And believe you, I believe the scriptures and I believe in signs and wonders and miracles. I believe that we can raise the dead, cast out demons, heal the sick, All of these, God said in his word, and I believe the full counsel of his word. But to make sure that I am operating in conjunction with Holy Spirit, I have to deny myself. What does it mean? All of the things that we thought we had the right to do and be, we have to lay those things on the altar. Romans 12, 1 and 2. One of the main things that I see trip up women is I need a husband. So they go grab something. And surely they show you the scripture about, you know, burning flesh and all that other stuff. But that's not the highest call. The highest call is self-denial. And that doesn't apply to just getting married. It It applies to our whole life. Matthew sixteen twenty four says, Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone desires 
to come after me. Let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. It's not that what Jesus is saying, since I have to suffer, you have to suffer too. But Jesus' intentions is not a invitation to pain. His intentions is an opportunity to move in intimacy with him. If you really want to be close to me, he tells us, then let me give you the key. Deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. It is an invitation to the highest intimacy. But yet we often avoid it because we think the price tag is too steep. Now I'm reading The Secret of Self-Denial from the Secrets of the Secret Place by Sorge. And in this illustration, Sorge compares, if someone wanted to give you a brand new Mercedes for $20, and you get hung up on the fact that the person wants $20, and not the benefit and not the price of the Mercedes itself. Often the things that we hold on to when we compare it to intimacy with God is like paying $20 for Mercedes. Self-denial is a small price to pay, to have communion with Jesus, to be able to hear the voice of God, to live in sync with God. I have found myself over the last few weeks pressing to stay in God's presence. Because so many things pull us. So many issues of the heart. And it's very important that we untangle ourselves from some things. Self-denial can serve as a catalyst to help propel you forward into the joys of intimacy in the secret place. Self-denial and intimacy go hand in hand. Self-denial awakens the flow of life and love in the secret place. Denying yourself is not the same as one's cross. To take up the cross, at least in one sense, is to crucify the sinful passions of the flesh. We often use the term taking up our cross as a burden to be bared, but it really is separation 
unto God, cutting off those things that come from the fleshly nature. The cross deals with the death of the flesh man, the carnal man. Yet we see so many carnal Christians who have not denied their flesh. However, self-denial is the deliberate curtailing of passions and desire for the sake of pursuing Jesus harder. Self-denial includes things like saying no, some invitations. There's nothing wrong with the invitation. There's nothing wrong with going to a wedding or going to um, a birthday celebration. There's nothing wrong with good, clean, healthy entertainment. Food, drink, Recreation, exercise, sex, all of those things, well, only if you're married, sex, but all of those things are good things. They're not sin. It's not sin to have friendships and relationships that are Bible, that are biblical, Self-denial is when you make a decision to put God as the priority and to follow hard after God. Praying and seeking the heart of God in even these practical areas. So Matthew 16:24 says we are to deny ourselves. There is a compromise. There is a there is compromise in the body of Christ because we have not allowed the process of self-denial to operate. And often we're trying to fix things and do things when we ourselves have not set ourselves apart by choice to yield to Holy Spirit. When we begin to deny ourselves, we'll begin to see, according to this Arthur, how worldliness infects our lifestyle. We're often not aware that those good friendships and this invitation and that invitation keeps us busy being busy. Jesus denied himself 
He spent nights with the Father, according to Scripture. There are things that broke his heart. Lazarus' death. But he was about his father's business. And he knew he had to live his life his father's way. This can only be known through intimacy. So the price of self-denial isn't because God is mean that he's an ogre, that he doesn't care about us. Jesus said, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me. My heart desire is to do what God has called me to do. Could it be that the very thing that we want fixed and healed can only be done from the perspective of a life that has become consecrated to God, holy unto God. A life that allows Holy Spirit to dominate, Holy Spirit to rule. We can spend a lifetime trying to fix other people trying to make them see what we see. Jesus didn't live like that. And he is our example. He never compromised his stance on anything. I can recall in scripture where he would have a multitude following him. Jesus would say something like, Ah, who is my mother and my father, my sister, my brother? He who obeys God. Or he'd say, Eat my flesh and drink my blood. And he'd turn around, and the only people who would be left was the twelve, because everybody else walked away. And even when Jesus said, "Are you gonna, are you gonna stay, or are you gonna leave too?" The twelve kind of said, "Well, at this point, we don't have anywhere else to go." So they didn't really stay because it was like, "Oh yeah, Jesus, I'm in it to win it." They stayed because by this point in their life, they they knew Jesus. They didn't have anywhere else to go. And I know sometimes that's how I feel. I'm in that place in between. I realize how awesome God is. And I'm not necessarily seeing it every day in my life. But I don't have anywhere else to go, Jesus. So I'm going to run on and see what the end of this thing is. And though your sayings may be hard, I know that you love me. I know that you care about me. I know that you're working an eternal work, God. 
And I have to come up and become like you in the earth, God. If I want to see your glory, if I want to see your majesty revealed, if I want to see the lame walking and the blind seeing, and if I want to see your glory, then I have to deny myself and follow you even when things don't make sense to the natural mind and you don't do it the way I think you ought to do it, Jesus. I trust you. I trust you. I trust you. I don't know where we're going with this all the time. I don't know what the end is going to be, but I know that if I keep following you, if I commit myself wholly unto you, the least I can do for so great a Savior, that I know that you are so great, so good, so awesome, that you wouldn't call us to do anything that would not have eternal work. I can't make decisions for people I love. If I could, I would have done those things already. You knew the end from the beginning. You saw today, and you are God in the midst of my today. So I choose to be intimate with you. I choose to put you first, God. I choose to listen to your voice and the voice of a stranger I will not follow. I choose not to be tossed by the enemy, not to give place in my heart to the adversary that would use my natural affections to draw me out of your presence, God. to wrestle with flesh and blood when you've already told me we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. So why get in a flesh and blood fight when I have access to the heavens, when I hear your voice, when I'm intimate with you, God? Jehovah Sabaoth, you are the man of war. There is nothing you cannot do. You can raise mother up. Hallelujah. You can right the wrong of abuse and misuse. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father God. Father God, you changed the generations. As I learned, Father, to sit at your feet, to be in your presence, to do, to say, to be, to exist with your heart, your mind, your passion, God. Give us this, give us your passion for those around us. Not what we think is right. Father, we want you to move the way we want you to move because it makes us feel better. But you said for us to deny ourselves is not about our feel good, God. Blessings and happiness are ours as we seek first the kingdom of God and your righteousness. Everything we need in this life will be added to us. 
But, Father, we don't, we don't see that because we don't do that, God. We keep thinking it's all about us. It's all about us, God. Somebody did me wrong. Life hasn't been fair. It's all about us. Father, when the truth is, it's all about you. If we want to see your glory, it must be all about you. Everything, all of our natural affections, we put on the altar this morning, God. We don't just put our loved ones on the altar. Mm. We put our attachment and affection to those we love. We put us on the altar, God. And we thank you, Father God. That as we present our bodies a living sacrifice, holy unto you, God. That's the least we can do for so great a salvation this morning. As we deny ourselves, take up our cross, utterly destroy that sinful nature. Father, some of us still operate in sin, and we know it's sin. And we're doing it because we want to do it. (laughs) I'm reminded of Flip Wilson, the devil made me do it. Some of us are blaming demons and devils on stuff that we simply want to do. We simply want it our way, God. We don't want to take up our cross. We don't want to practice self-denial. We want to have fun, God. Don't we deserve to have fun? Isn't this why you created us? So that we could have fun? Father God, I'm reminded of the frailty of life. I'm reminded of a life that could be so different. Had you been the center of their affections, not their husband, not their children, not their grandchildren. I'm reminded of what happens when we put everything in everybody first. Then wonder where you are. When God, it should have been you first. 
then we would know what to do with everybody else. But we keep thinking we're in charge. We're in control. But you've made it clear in your word to seek you first. Early will we seek you, God. Before the turmoil and confusion, early. Before the issues of life consumes us and those around us, early will we seek you. Prayer is not an afterthought, God. We pursue you, God, with passion. We live based on our relationship with you, God. And we trust all other relationships will be brought into the proper perspective because we have put you first. And just like it was with you, Jesus, all those that walk away, All those that don't understand the hard position that we take. They may have to find another person, another Sherelle, another somebody. Because God, we have made it up in our minds that we are going to trust you. We're going to yield to you. We're going to deny ourselves, Father. We're going to take up our cross. We're going to cut out the sin that we know that we've been playing with, God. Even those thoughts, Father. Oh, you know our thoughts, God. Father God, we cast down all imaginations and every high thing above the throne room of God. We destroy all idols in our land. Father, we recognize that relationships can be idols. Things can be idols. False religion can be idols. False burdens and false responsibility can be idols. Having a man-pleasing spirit opens the door to idolatry in relationships, compromise in our lifestyle, God. Being driven by meeting the needs of other people around us can cause us to miss the mark. So, Father God, we ask for wisdom today as we go about fulfilling your plan and your purpose for us. Holy Spirit, we are attentive to hear your voice. Again, I say, and the voice of a stranger we will not follow. Father God, everywhere our feet trod today, we thank you that our feet are covered 
in the gospel of peace. A peace that passes all understanding that no matter what is going on in our day, we have your peace, God. We walk in peace. We practice peace. We pursue peace. Father God, we recognize peace isn't passivity. (laughs) Peace isn't passive-aggressive behaviors that are really covering a bad attitude to begin with. No, God. Peace happens when we recognize the power and authority that we walk in. Peace happens when we're led by Holy Spirit. And we begin to reign in sonship, even in this hour, Father. Peace happens when we recognize our steps have been ordered by you, that we didn't get up this morning and make up in our mind we're going to do what we want to do the way we want to do it, and then expect you to give us peace in it. No, God. The steps of a righteous man are ordered by you. That's why we have on a breastplate of righteousness, God. We have right standing with you, Father God. Your righteousness covers our heart. Ah, yes, God. It covers us, God. Our mind, will, emotions, and intellect. We bring everything in us into right standing with you. As the candle of the Lord, the very presence of God, begins to shine light on those places in our hearts that have been darkened because of sin. We thank you, Father God, that your light permeates our darkness today. We have right standing with you. Thank you for the blood of Jesus. Because of the blood of Jesus, we are made whole and complete. We're cleansed from our iniquity. Thank you for the blood, God. Thank you for the blood, God. Thank you for the blood, God. I thank you for the blood. I thank you for the blood. I thank you for the blood. I thank you for the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lamb of God. Hallelujah. We bless you, Adonai, Master Sovereign, Holy, Magnificent God of our salvation. We rejoice in your presence this morning. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. I bless his holy name. I forget none of his benefits. He heals all my diseases. By his stripes I am healed. I choose to walk in health and healing. I choose to line my life up 
with what he has said for me. Hallelujah. Healing is the children's bread, but the children must be willing to eat it. And for some, Daddy, that's a hard statement. Father God, we eat the whole loaf, the whole thing. Ah, God. Hallelujah. Thank you for truth operating in us, God. We will not be self-deceived. Nor will we be deceived by others. Let your truth reign in us, God. Even the harsh sayings, let it reign. Let it be our portion, God. We love you, Abba, Father. We adore you, Father. Thank you, Lord God. We have on the helmet of salvation. Father, we have the mind of Christ. We have the thoughts, feelings, and purposes of your heart. We're believers and not doubters. We hold fast to our confession of faith. We walk by faith and practice faith. Our faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Our ears are open and attentive to your voice, God. We speak what you speak, God. Put salve on our eyes that we would see. Open up our eyes where we have been blinded by the adversary, that we are being tricked and duped by the enemy. We don't war against flesh and blood, but, Father, there is a war. Train us, Daddy God, to be fierce warriors in this hour, God, executing vengeance on our enemy. And, Father God, personally, as I meet with the staff, hallelujah, I thank you that the sword of the Lord has gone before me. Father God, I praise you and I thank you, God, that my mother is yours. Hallelujah. And whatever the two of you have decided, it is well with me. Yes, it is, God. Because I trust you. Nor am I entangled. She was yours before she was mine. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your kindness. Thank you for truth abounding. 
Hallelujah. Father God, I bless each person on the line today. Father, I pray for peace, Lord. I thank you, Father God, that the kingdom of God is on a forceful advance. I thank you that everywhere they go today, that they move in cadence with the spirit of living God. That they are led by your Holy Spirit in all their affairs. I thank you, Father, that favor rests upon them, Lord. And that they open their mouths and receive healing. healing of soul and body. Father, I pray that they are strengthened in the areas of their weakness. For truly you are sufficient. And we are sufficient in your sufficiency. Great are you, Lord, and greatly to be praised in the mountain of our God, in the beauty of holiness. We are made beautiful for situations. We are the joy the earth. Father, instead of us trying to fix it, be happy. We choose to walk in the joy that's already been provided. We choose to walk in blessings. We're not clamoring for the trinkets of this world. For truly, we can't even compare your glory with anything that we've experienced on this earth. So, Father God, we thank you for your glory being revealed in our lives. Father God, help us make right decisions concerning our children and our children's children. They are yours, God. You trusted us to train them, but they never became our possession. Father God, we were never given dominion over another human life. 
we were called to serve. To do what was needful. To raise and train our children. Father God, so many cripple their children. Because they want to be in control. They're afraid, afraid of a lot of things, God, of being lonely, for losing a child. All of the things in our soul, God, that have nothing to do with our assignment. I love my son, but he is yours. He was yours first. I love my granddaughter, but she is yours. I don't possess her. Father God, teach us how to parent and how to be parents. Teach us how to let go, deny ourselves. I've watched what happens to a life when the boundaries are murky. for both the children and the parent. So, Father God, give wisdom to the body of Christ. Let them find your heart in the matter. You loved your son, Jesus, but you released him because of a higher call. You said, this is my son. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Then he was released into the hands of the adversary to be tested and tried. Father God, you didn't scurry around trying to fix his life. You allowed him to learn obedience through the things that he suffered, to develop an intimate relationship with you. Even the man Jesus So, Father God, help us. Help us as parents. Help us as leaders to help parents raise strong, healthy, Christ-like children that know who they are, 
And, Father, we trust you with them. We trust you, Father. We trust, Father, that every seed that has been planted on the inside of our children will bring forth fruit in a season. So, Father God, we thank you and we praise you that you give us an example of what it means to be a father. You released your son into destiny to accomplish the plan and the purpose that you have for his life. Father God, we thank you and we praise you, Lord. We thank you and we praise you for the body of Christ. In it we find the relationships and the relatedness that's necessary to sustain us. When natural bloodlines have failed, God, you created a body of people who would be our mothers, our sisters, and our brothers, would be family. So we thank you for the body of Christ this morning. We ask you to continue to build up our bodies that we are members of, our local assemblies. We ask you to give our pastors wisdom, our leaders wisdom. God, everything I see in Scripture is about community the community of fellowship, the community that we share as believers, God. That requires intimacy as well. So, Father God, as we learn to be intimate with you, we will know what to do with one another. Father, so much of our churches, we've lost the sense of intimate relationships, friendships. And Father, right now I'm seeing a particular body that's become cold and icy. Because the leader himself is broken and has built a wall up in his relationship with you. There are areas in his life that he has denied the Father's love because he has to deal with those same things and how he relates to the rest of the congregation. So he's begun to put and implement programs 
that will bring barriers even within the body. Father, so many of our leaders are building churches concerned about numbers. but not making disciples. Not creating an atmosphere of love. It is not enough to preach a good gospel, to have a good message, nice choir, emotionally lit, because so much of what we do is just emotions. And it's okay. I say it because the fruit, you look at the fruit, what are the lives like when the song stops playing? What are lives like when the message is over? Father, help us create and help us build community within our congregations that will change the fabric of society, that will bring healing to the nations, stability and consistency to our world. Let us find intimacy with you. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm sorry. Are there any prayer requests? I went a little long this morning. I think I've been doing that lately, so I apologize. I may need somebody to clear their throat to remind me. Um, Are there any prayer requests this morning? All righty. Well, it's been a blessing to be online this morning. God is amazing. He's doing an amazing work in my life. I am confident that he's doing an amazing life in your life. I thank you for joining me every morning. Um, This has been Overflowing Life Prayer Community. I am Minister Sherelle Perkins. If you happen to just go through Talk Shoe, and you want to join us every morning, the call number is 724-444-7444. Call ID 138-768. So until tomorrow morning, be blessed in Jesus' name. Have a great day. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.